they said they were looking for Nancy Pelosi's laptop and believed that I had been inside the Capitol and in fact in uh, videoed and photographed inside of Nancy Pelosi's office was one of the ones who had uh, been part of some kind of a, a raid, an intention to remove her device. So while they were searching our house, there were about 12 agents that we that we um, had eyes on as they were leaving. We didn't know how many were there uh, because we were handcuffed and and uh, held, uh, I guess, imprisoned in our home while they searched it. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. Before we get into the show, I want to share with you the Z-Stack, a powerful immunity-building vitamin pack formulated by Dr. Zelenko, the founder of the Zelenko Protocol. Many of you may have seen my interview with Dr. Zelenko explaining how the combination of quercetin and vitamin C together is a powerful zinc ionophore gun which delivers zinc, the bullet, into the cell where the virus is. Zinc blocks the virus from getting into the cell. Quercetin and vitamin C together are a safe over-the-counter alternative to hydroxychloroquine. Access to this is needed when government restricts and bans effective treatments. Also, it has been established that high normal levels of vitamin D is important for warding off sickness and staying out of the hospital. With the dangers of the COVID shot, we need a strong immune system to keep from getting sick. The danger is getting sick. That's when the effects of the bioweapon shot takes over. The Z-Stack will provide you with a defensive weapon to fight a potential virus. You can see the studies and also buy yours today at the link below or at sarahwestall.com under shop. I also highly recommend C60 gel caps, daily zeolite detox, and my probiotic greens to maintain a healthy body, all of which you can get at my shop at sarahwestall.com under shop. Today's show, I have Marilyn Hooper, a patriotic American who had this, the pleasure of enduring an, an FBI raid of her home at gunpoint for the crime of attending a peaceful rally on January 6th at the Capitol. She's not the only one who's been abused and persecuted by the FBI and our government. As of today, there are over 400 people still locked up for attending the rally, even though she's one of the lucky ones. The FBI made it very clear to her that she still could be arrested for simply being on the Capitol steps. They claim that it's a trespassing crime that she can still be prosecuted for. I know this is all ridiculous, especially considering the contrast between the summer of violence that we all endured, especially in the Minneapolis area where I am, you know, Portland and New York and California. I mean, it's just all over this violence where officers and innocent people were killed and businesses were destroyed during the Antifa and BLM riots. It's complete hypocrisy, and that's what makes this situation so ridiculous and so maddening. But as each day passes and more evidence comes out, it becomes crystal clearer that on January 6th, it's really just simply a narrative, a whole made-up story. The unfortunate part of the story is that real people are being targeted and sucked into this nightmare and suffering some sitting in solitary confinement. You know, it really reminds me of the movie Wag the Dog, the 1997 movie with Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro. Here's a clip from that iconic film. We can't afford a war. We're going to have the appearance of a war. But he can't pull it off 
without Hollywood's top producer. Uh, do I know you? We have some mutual friends in Washington. Why come to me? We want you to produce. You want me to produce your war? Not a war, it's a pageant. We need a theme, a song, some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. The president's gonna go to war with Albania in about 30 minutes. Albania's hard to ride. These are chips. We need it for the armed position on the screen. It'll be a kit, and we'll punch it in later, right? And all the effects of real war. Okay, put the, the village behind her. Give me some sound of screaming. Without the casualties. America has seldom witnessed a more poignant picture. Face the same process with the last Schwarzenegger movie. You're the man. The film is so scary accurate to what's going on now. These people don't even care if some of us know they're just making things up. As long as the masses believe what they're doing, they just continue with it. They need the story to implement their agenda. One that started with Obama and is continuing now with this administration. Here's Obama on Tuesday the 22nd, just four days ago, stating this exact thing. And I think that what we're seeing now as Joe Biden and the administration are essentially finishing the job. And I think it'll be an interesting test you know, 90% of the folks who are there were there in my administration. They are continuing and building on the policies we talked about, whether it's the Affordable Care Act or our climate change agenda and, and the Paris Peace Accords. At least he's being honest about something. That's why they fixed the election and took over. They needed Biden and the rest of Obama's staff to finish the job they already started. So today's show, we have Marilyn Hooper, who is going to share a story of how the FBI held her and her husband at gunpoint and raided their home. She has gone public because she believes she needs to share her story in order for her to stay safe and not end up being another government victim. Her and her husband are now filing a lawsuit for being held hostage and harassed by the FBI. They have also started a website, wethepeoplestand.org, where they share their story and discuss common law rights on how others can protect themselves if this ever happens to you. She believes this is something that could happen to all of us and that we all need to be prepared. She's hoping her story will ultimately help others be prepared. So let's get into my conversation with Marilyn Hooper. Hi, Marilyn. Thank you so much for joining the program. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for inviting me. You have a very interesting story. You you were at the Capitol on January 6th, and you subsequently, the FBI, you've been a target of the FBI. You're luckily fortunate, I guess, because you're not yes. one of those in solitary confinement. Can mm -hmm. you talk about what the FBI has done to you and how you've been targeted since January 6th? Uh, well, we specifically... Uh, the apparent reason was they said they were looking for Nancy Pelosi's laptop and believed that I had been inside the Capitol and, in fact, in, uh, videoed and photographed inside of Nancy Pelosi's office, was one of the ones who had uh, been part of uh, some kind of a, a raid, uh, an intention to remove her device. So... <clears throat> that was all news to Were me. Were you in her office? <laughs> no, that was all news to me. Uh, yeah, but I actually, you know, it's interesting with the new uh, news coming out about uh, apparently people who were known to be inside the building who are, have, were 
are purported to be informants who haven't been arrested but were part of the lead, uh, you know, breaking in uh, to this uh, capital, breaking into the capital space. Yeah, the FBI was involved. It's coming out. The FBI was actually infiltrated these groups, were involved, maybe even planned the mm -hmm. whole thing yep. to be able to set up people to do it. Now, why do you think you were targeted? I mean, they raided your house, which you want to get yeah. into. But why do you think you your house was raided versus being one of the poor souls that are still stuck, stuck in solitary right. confinement? Why weren't you arrested versus you were just harassed and they, you know, bombarded, raided your house? Yeah, and I am feeling uh, treated better than <clears throat> most people who've had encounters with the FBI uh, while they were uh, raiding our home and holding us hostage in our home. They actually uh, said that they were treating us better than they usually do uh, because we asked why they knocked in our door and why they held us at gunpoint. And they indicated that they knocked first and we didn't answer the door. So they went to breakfast for a couple hours and then came back and we still didn't answer the door. So then apparently their next uh, protocol was to bust it in and hold it at gunpoint. Uh, but they said that they don't even normally knock. Normally they just bust things in. So they were trying, I, I don't know, apparently behaving better than usual. And from the reports of others, who had attended the rally, um, and I'm assuming that the people that are being held are are, are have been physically uh, arrested and, and held and, and many kept in solitary confinement. I'm assuming they have proof they were inside the Capitol and involved with something illegal, but they also said that they had proof that I was in the Capitol and involved in something illegal, and, and that wasn't true. So even while they were with us, I was challenging them. <clears throat> while they were searching our house, there were about 12 agents that we that we um, had eyes on as they were leaving. We didn't know how many were there uh, because we were handcuffed and, and uh, held, uh, I guess, imprisoned in our home while they searched it. And, but when they were leaving, when they were done, we counted 12 heads. So I don't know if that was the sum total or just what we saw at the end as they were departing. Uh, and it was, I was asking them who is watching your guys while you're watching me because you have a very bad reputation. And how do I know that you're not planting evidence that you're now going to find and arrest me for? So I had no certainty at all in my mind <clears throat> that they were behaving with a uh, in, with an intent to actually find wrongdoers or whether they were creating a story and then dragging lots of people into that story. So, um, and they couldn't, of course, they didn't give me any answer to that, but it, that was a stalemate and I'm still concerned. I still don't know if they're gonna show up at some time and suddenly find something say like, oh, we have a fresh search warrant and now we're gonna find something that they planted when they were there six weeks ago. So I have no idea. It's a very vulnerable feeling to have your uh, federal government come assault you. They refuse to show me the warrant until many hours in, then they refuse to allow me to read it. Uh, they took it uh, away from me. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was 
It was all very suspicious. The behavior was very suspicious from the get-go. And it, it and I had actually put on a little list next to my uh, bedside. I had a, a little, because I had been hearing uh, news reports about them targeting people who had been at the rally. So I had a on a, a list next to my bed, I had, you know, protection or help for being harassed for being at January 6th. And I had just written that down the night before and put it at my bedside table thinking I should research this. I should know um, what's happening. I should know uh, how, if I have any rights, what I need to be doing or what my rights are and how to protect them. And the next morning at 9 a.m. I hear uh, FBI come out with your hands up. And I was like, shoot, I should have written that down a week ago <laughs> so I could have gotten some research done, although at the time it never occurred to me that they were there regarding January 6th. Um, we had a, we have an inn and we uh, live in, you know, inside of our business. So I thought, what guests do we have on site and who's involved in something that's attracted the attention of the FBI is what I thought, or, you know, did somebody report us for something um, so I, I, it was morning, I was sleepy, I didn't make any connection to January 6th, but they very quickly did. So they, oh, they sure. separated me immediately from uh, the rest of the family and immediately told me that they were here looking for Nancy Pelosi's laptop. So <clears throat> I, I'm not sure if I laughed outside, but I, I was laughing inside for sure, because I was like, wow, do you have the wrong house? <laughs> Well, what was your involvement then on January 6th? You were there, but where were you and what did you do? Because obviously they thought you were in Nancy Pelosi's house or yeah. office and you were not. So they got your name from somebody and somehow. Mm -hmm. So what were you doing there? So my husband posted a photo of the back of me uh, going up the outside steps near the Capitol building. Um, and I have, you know, I'm, you know, middle-aged, white, brown hair, brown nappy hair, I call it, brown fuzzy hair. And I had a, a black, a long black Columbia coat on. Um, and that was the sum total of my, uh, I guess, information about me being at the Capitol or anything that they would have had as actual uh, proof of me was that did you go in? No, we never we never went inside. Uh, apparently, we could have. We were told by people outside that they were letting people in, and we could see a line of people. Um, people were lined up. They were in a queue uh, waiting to go inside the Capitol, and we could see people, the line moving forward. Uh, but we didn't even get there till about 3.30 because uh, we were at the rally, which is, you know, a 40-minute walk away, like most of the people and uh, Trump didn't finish speaking till about a quarter after one. And then we thought, well, if the vote was at one and they're all in windowless rooms anyway, are they really gonna know that we're even at the Capitol? So let's stop and talk to people. We actually took selfies with uh, Joshua Phillips from the Epic Times, cause we love the Epic Times. So we embarrassed him and made us take pictures with us and then we went the wrong way and, and ended up at the White House instead of at the Capitol. And then we stopped and had hot dogs and looked at t-shirts. Um, and by then there were a lot of uh, sirens and uh, white vehicles and white panel vans racing uh, towards the Capitol building. We thought, oh no, 
uh, Antifa or some other trouble, no point in even going there anymore. Uh, but then we spoke with other folks who are coming away from the Capitol area and they said no, that the Capitol had been breached and that there were uh, patriots involved and, and we tried to look on our social media to see if we could figure out what was going on on our phones, but there was no cell service, there was no connection. Um, so us, like the other hundreds of thousands of people there, had zero information on what was happening, even though we were on the ground, we probably were the least informed, uh, assuming that there might have been some media there, all didn't appear afterwards that there was any media filming anything or reporting anything which seemed kind of odd mostly just selfie takers it seems like a big staged event yeah. and the fbi has has been planning it now so your involvement since you've learned a lot since your raid um can you talk about what you've learned since they raided your home and when they left, I mean, did they leave you alone after that, realizing you weren't involved or what? Talk about what happened since yeah, they left. I would say, and, and the day of the event too, it felt like it was weird and like it was something staged uh, because when we did finally kind of follow the crowd towards the Capitol, because we were there and we thought, well, we're here, we should take a look and, and have eyes on so we can speak intelligently about it. And like any good, you know, rubberneckers, we kind of wanted to see if there was something big happening. We wanted to peek and see what it was. But it was very odd when we were there because there was no police presence outside the Capitol. There were just, it was like a big carnival. Just hundreds of thousands of people hanging out, um, eating hot dogs and visiting together. So nobody could tell what was going on, but it was very clear there was no direction. There were no barriers. There was no, uh, there were no police presence on megaphones giving anybody any direction, inviting or asking or requiring them to move off the present uh, premises or to back up, and it was all just very surreal. And it felt like something was um, something was being pretended or done because we weren't being given direction. And then since that event, <clears throat> hearing how other people were being harassed and then having our own door broken in and uh, being interrogated. And then uh, one of the agents said, have you read her, her Miranda rights yet? And the other agent said, no, we're not, we're not going that way. We're not going there. So I got the definite impression that <clears throat> they had intended to arrest me, but either uh, I don't know what changed in the plan. Like you said, I don't know why I'm still walking around and other people are in solitary confinement. Um, I suspect that I was so insistent and it was so clear that I hadn't been inside the Capitol that it might be more of an, more of an embarrassment than it already was. Uh, or um, I don't know. I don't know why they changed their minds. Uh, so... Do you know some of the people or do you, have you been with some of the people who are in solitary confinement still and who have been arrested? No, I don't know any of them. I know there's some people from Alaska who went. Um, we didn't know anyone who was going. Honestly, we were in the lower 48 at a, a friend's wedding and then getting some sunshine down in Phoenix and tickets were 36 bucks, I think, to fly from Phoenix to D.C. And we thought, hey, this is probably the only chance we'll have to hear 
uh, Trump, the president speak, we should go do it. And since I, uh, we were both distressed at the eyewitness testimonies from the people who had attempted to adjudicate at the elections, we felt like it was our, our duty to be there to um, stand. You just stand around. It's a big standing party. Stand around and be a presence and, and be counted uh, that we took the trouble to come and say, hey, we're concerned about um, what appears to be a takeover of our electoral system. So we just went. Yeah, it was it was convenient and it was handy. <laughs> and so now what did you learn since then, since you have been your house was raided and they had you at gunpoint, all this stuff? What did you learn since then? Um, you know, I haven't, they've been crickets for us since they haven't spoken to us. They did return our electronic devices. There's no indication that they have, uh, they have not told us that, that we aren't being investigated any longer. They have not told us what they're doing with our uh, data that they took off of my, off of our laptop and phones. And one of the most concerning pieces about their departure was that what they listed on evidence other than the uh, other than the electronics, which made somewhat sense if you're looking at somebody who might have been planning something, is they took a pocket copy of the Declaration of Independence, which mm. that was completely unmarked. It the binding isn't even broken on it. It's like the basic free copy you get when you go to but there's nothing else. wrong with that. There is something very wrong with that. And it felt intentional towards us. And it felt like a warning shot across the bow for Americans. Well, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a Declaration of Independence. But they, you might be being targeted for being a somebody who is a constitutionalist, if you will. But that's essentially what happened. They raided your home and then they're done. I mean, you it was by surprise and they raided your home. Why? Um, why did you want to come public with this? Uh, well, I was, since I knew I had not been in the Capitol and they were telling me that they were 100% sure I had been inside the Capitol, um, I still don't know. I, my belief at the time and my belief still is that uh, it felt like they're creating a story. And I was explaining this to somebody else you know, in Alaska, we have a lot of reality TV television shows, and I know numbers of people who are on these uh, reality shows. And so I know from them that even though they call it a reality show, the producers and directors have an arc. They have a storyline that they want the reality show to take. And regardless of what the real reality is, they edit it to fulfill that story arc to keep it interesting for the viewers. Uh, mm -hmm. So it feels to me still, and it felt like then, that there is a story being created and that there's lots of intel and interrogations and insinuations uh, towards the people who went to the rally, are, who are concerned about the electoral system, who are, uh, who are not um, confident about the legitimacy of the Biden administration, that there's an arc and a story being created and they're going in and getting um, testimony and information and then they're going to edit it and piece it together to fit the storyline to come after. Um, uh, honestly, what feels like they're coming after anyone 
who is not politically aligned with the Biden administration. And so they have data from my phone. I've, I'm a curious person. I've been apolitical pretty much, uh, except since the elections. And I didn't have any social media accounts. So and I heard about all this censorship that was happening. So most of my time has been uh, surfing and listening to all the people who are being censored. Because I'm like, why are people being censored? What do they want us to hear? So they have a record of all of those people that I've been searching and listening to to try to figure out what's going on. So I don't know if they'll use that to implicate me that I'm not. Um, it appears political freedom that is not allowed anymore. And so cases are being created, stories are being created, and people are being treated horrendously for uh, very, what appears to be very minor infractions of uh, being inside. Yeah, it doesn't seem like anything is really happening. You guys have done anything. The, those FBI, it's they're creating a narrative to fit their thing. It's the worst thing since Pearl Harbor. Meanwhile, all these other riots in the summer where they actually burn down parts of cities. You know, I live in the Minneapolis yes. area uh, it, where there, there truly is issues. They're ignoring that. And this is the biggest thing since whatever. It It's a joke. And you got caught up into that narrative that they're trying. And I, I, yes. I, I appreciate that comparison to reality TV, because that really is what we're living through is this reality TV, but it's not even, at least reality TV is somewhat similar. I mean, they're trying to get people to do, this is like they con completely concocted something yeah. and yeah. then they're just creating things to make it fit their narrative. And you were and one of those why, people. Yeah, and, and if they found something on you, then they could have nailed you. That's why I went public with it, because when they were departing, we asked, so what's what next? And and they said, well, you'll hear from us. And they we said, well, it's pretty clear you're in the wrong place. And they still, of course, uh, were you know unwilling to admit or, or give any ground in that. And so my feeling when I was going to bed that night was like, hey, I don't know how they're going to edit this. I don't know if they've planted something or um, they're coming back uh, and I'm going to disappear somewhere like a, a lot of people have disappeared recently. Hundreds of people have been absconded with and taken and disappeared and not heard from again who went to January 6th. Uh, and so I thought I need to get online. I The safest thing felt like to have eyes on and to share my story right away. And I just was real open on Facebook and said like, hey, if we disappear, make noise. We need people to make noise because there's something going on and it smells wrong. It feels wrong. Um, and they were very convinced they wanted me to be part of the story. And I was equally convinced that I wasn't. And there was an actually a capital, at least when I think two capital police there that they had flown in. And I got to ask them questions. So at the end of the interrogation, um, they escorted us outside and I was nearby one of the Capitol Police, and she had been on duty on January 6th. She had been inside the Capitol. So she had experienced and knew a lot more than I did because I had never even made it near the doors. And so I asked her questions. I said, hey, I have questions. And what did you ask her, and what did she say? Was she pretty tight-lipped? 
Um, she was tight-lipped as far as she couldn't give me any answers, but um, she was very uh, confused herself. She said she didn't understand what happened January 6th. I asked her specifically, I said, I'm, I'm so glad, I wanna know. I was outside late in the day, there was no presence, there was no direction. How come there were so few, uh, so few on duty that day when they knew with that many people, you're always gonna have some bad actors in any large group. Sure. Not to mention there had already been reported intentional threats of something happening. And she said, yeah, I don't know. We have lots of questions. And I said, well, okay. So if there weren't that, why did, why did the French reporter the next day say she spoke with Capitol Police who said they sent a ton of them home at 10 a.m. and said, hey, we have it all covered and never called them back in. And she said, yeah, we don't know. And I said, okay, well, how come if you guys were left there, aren't you upset? that you were left so unprotected because they didn't give you any riot gear. They didn't give you anything to protect yourselves. You guys were dressed in like your regular touring everyday outfit tour of the public gear. I said, aren't you upset that you were left so vulnerable? And she said, there's lots of questions and we don't have answers to them. What well, sounds like the police are patsies too. They're being useful idiots. Um, the, a lot of the base line FBI frontline people mm -hmm. are being useful idiots. It's too bad. They, they make so many of us yeah. into useful idiots and, um, you know, you just got swept up into a narrative and thank God you're safe and, um, nothing ended up happening. The worst thing that happened is I know having a gun to your head. How did that feel? Oh, well, it definitely felt like I needed to, uh, learn my rights because if I knew now, the rights and the oath that they're uh, beholden to, I would have challenged them more on it. It felt completely ridiculous. It felt completely uh, false, fake over the line and it, like an intimidation tactic. And I was angry from the beginning. 12 yep. people. 12 people. I mean, you guys were never violent your entire life. And all of a sudden you had 12 people with at least with guns and you were handcuffed yes. in your own home with a gun to your head yeah. while you're doing. So that's pretty over the top yeah. and ridiculous yeah. for someone who's just at a rally, um, yes. <laughs> peacefully protesting, doing nothing in your yeah. entire life. You haven't in done my, anything wrong. And then and my impression is there were good people, good, what I would call good people in that group who, like you said, are being, I think we're all being storied and pulled into on both sides, on the law enforcement side and on the we the people side. We're being trained and pushed into uh, and uh, storied into doing things to each other and abdicating our rights. Uh, and we need to stop buying into the story. Uh, for instance, we should have pled the fifth and not spoken with them at all. But we're trained by television that only guilty people take the fifth. But that's not true. Everyone needs to take the fifth. No one should speak with, uh, with officers who, because they can create a report on you and then pass legislation. We'll be on, we've had, uh, we've had legislators contact the FBI on our behalf and say, and ask them like, hey, it's pretty apparent you had the wrong people. 
Can you just tell them that, expunge their data, and let them go? But they're not getting any response back, and they're telling us the common expectation is they'll keep you on the line for a couple of years. Um, they're not going to tell you whether there's still charges pending or not. We have had attorneys call us and say, hey, we've been speaking with um, the FBI in D.C. They are telling us that you should expect charges coming down. You need to get an attorney, those kind of things. And so we're by no means have any assurance that we are off their purview, that we have been removed. Wow. So you might still be um, going to court with them because that's the warnings Correct. you're getting. Correct. Oh, for Those God's are the sake. warnings that we're getting. And they're, we're being told by others uh, that their custom is just to keep people hanging for a couple of years. So it's kind of like you have to watch the P's and Q's uh, or who knows if they're going to turn another three-letter agency on you. They're playing um, games with you and harassing you by yes, just not so letting you go and stop. Ended. And I think the games, based on that they took our pocket copy of the Constitution uh, that was not had no marks in it, the binding wasn't even broken, I'm ashamed to say, I hadn't read it, uh, that that basically puts all of America on notice. And we really all need to become a little bit of lawyer, do a little bit of training, and know how to protect yourself for when they bust into your door. You just need to be expecting them. Everyone needs to be expecting them. And you need to know what to do and how you can direct them because I did notice when they were interrogating me that if they could buffalo me, they would. But for the most part, still, they were attempt they were working the gray areas, but they were when I forced an issue, like I said, no, I have to see the warrant. I'm not going any further until I see the warrant. They stopped and they produced the warrant. But if I didn't demand my right, they were they were quite willing to take it from me. So we need really need to all memorize and know the Bill of Rights so we can quote it to them because they all have an oath to uphold it. But they also are being double trained in civil law, which says that if you don't know and you don't stand up for it, then you basically are abdicating it and they can do what they want. So we need to realize there's a game of words going on. So when we said, can we see the warrant? We were put off. You'll see it. You'll get a copy of it. We'll show it to you. When we stood on our rights and said, we have to see the warrant, which wasn't until an hour and a half, two hours in, then they produced it. So I noticed a big difference between when I demanded something that was a right and when I asked for something that wasn't a right. So don't expect them to protect your rights unless you demand them. And we really seriously, every American needs to be ready for this kind of visit. This is, I believe, becoming the new norm. Jeez. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to people before we wrap this up? Yeah, um, I would like to say that I still believe we the people are the answer to the current problem and that the reason that we have gotten into this place, this dire place that we have, is because most of us are lazy Americans who wanted to, be, to trust our government and our founding fathers would say, shame on you, what about 
what we told you did you not understand? And we need to know our rights. We need to be able to quote them verbatim from the Bill of Rights, the first 10. And we need to be able to hold our officers who have sworn, sworn oath to those to uphold them with us because otherwise we're empowering them to become complicit in stealing our rights and our nation from us. And so far, we the people are still the primary authority, at least in writing. But if we continue not to know what, how to um, be the accountability for our civil servants, then I think we have a really narrow window before we lose any uh, recourse before before the written, uh, even before that written remembrance of that, it probably is removed. Just like they removed it from their home that day. At first they took it in real time and then they took the, the copy, they took the written reminder of our rights. And I think that's very symbolic of where the, the apex that we are in right now in our nation. And we need to all stand up quickly, stand on our rights so they will stand down. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Marilyn. I really, I'm sorry you had to go through that. And thanks for sharing. Yeah, thank you for having me. 